Suicide Zen Forgiveness, the pod that shares the stories of those affected by suicide. Lost a loved one? Attempted it yourself? Did you know that when you share a burden, the load is lightened? Come listen in with your host, Elaine Lindsay. Suicide Zen Forgiveness, the podcast, is for education only. Some of the subject matter could be triggering for those that are newly grieving or in a poor state of mental health. Please call your local suicide hotline or mental health office if you need immediate help. I'm glad to be back and I'm excited to present our guest today is Seth Hoffman. Hi, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me here. It's good to be here. Good, good. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm actually gonna read off a little because I want to give people a, an idea of who you are and what you do. Sure. And uh, I think I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Seth is a grief peer support community organizer. He's a mental health warrior, which is a really good thing. He is a gerontological social worker, a current public health advisor, social justice advocate. Plant-based lifestyle, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you're a writer, a dancer, and you choose the word queer. I do, yeah. Secular Buddhist, uh, you're bred Jewish, you're an Aquarius. Yes. And you're a New York City enthusiast, and so am I. <laughs> Great. Wonderful, thank what you. We're gonna, oh, you're very welcome. What we're going to talk about today, in part, is um, something I thought was really interesting. When I first met up with you and yes. read your profile in um, Clubhouse, it says you reframed your trauma history by living with intention, gratitude, loving kindness, yeah. and an open heart. Yeah. And that touched me so much because what I try to work towards always is an attitude of gratitude. And, and that... I think sort of takes in all the other pieces. Uh, we have to try and be empathetic with all of our fellow humans. And I very much got that feeling from you. So I'm going to stop talking and yeah. I'm going to let you start wherever you want to. Sure. That little statement comes from a, a lot of just my healing process. You know, it takes a lot of energy, it just takes me a lot of time in, in my life to get to that point with, with, with my trauma, of course, and just with my history of what I've been through. And just I, I, I'm here because I am a suicide survivor. And also, I have lost somebody to suicide. So I've, I've I'm both ways. Um, I'm adjacent, as you call it. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it's been quite a long time now for me around um, not that long, but like around 10 years now, more than 10 years. Um, okay. So it's, it's been, I've been, I'm still in my twenties now. I'm 29 yeah. now. And um, I am mostly, well, I, I do a lot of things on, I do a lot of work things, but also what I do for grief support is I organize a grief support group for young adults called, called young adults who have lost a parent. And we are on meetup and we meet like regularly about grief in general, 
parental loss, other things, not just suicide related, but yeah. everything kind of thing. And um, I actually joined this group in 2016. I joined it. I didn't start. I joined it. Okay. I took over as organizer and I kind of made it more than it, more than it was then. Um, and, you know, because finding support around grief is not easy to do when you're in this age group that I'm in. And also just around parental loss in general. In this age group, it's not expected so much. Yeah. So when I was like in my early 20s, it was hard to find people who really understood what that was like. Yeah. Um, and I craved that kind of sense of people understanding what I was going through. And I found that here in this group that I organize now. And um, it's been a, a cool ride meeting people and getting to know people who, you know, have been through traumas, really. And um, we're all healing together. And it's part of, we're a community now. I mean, we kind of have a lot of different ways of communicating and, um I'm kind of a organizer of the whole, the whole ship, um, and it's my little. Um, it's 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 a big project actually. It's a big project of yeah. mine, um, yeah. and it's something I'm passionate about because I feel like people in general need to be heard, like by other people, not just like first you need to be heard by people who understand what you're going through. Yes, you know, and then you can kind of. Kick open up to kick it further right yeah. and i'm at the point now where i'm kicking it further you know i'm ready to yeah. do that with, with my with my healing process and it's still a healing journey of course it's lifelong but um Absolutely. yeah my main I'll, I'll go into like what my story is a little bit also um so my mom um well, my dad died when I was 17 to prostate cancer. He was older than my mom by 27 years. Oh, and wow. um, they were a big age difference. My mother yeah. was his caregiver at the end of his life and for a long time of my life too. And I was 17. It was just a lot of things going on there with me. Also just figuring out myself and trying to become yeah. an adult, a, a young adults in the world and get myself settled in something in, in college and at work and just something, you know, and my dad died. And then my mom kind of, she fell apart in many ways. Mm -hmm. um, and she was never really a stable person per se, like mentally, never really, yeah. never really like together so much, but she did, she did try really hard, you know, and she loved me so much. And I, that's what nourishes me still is her love for me. Even though back then when she died, we hadn't talked for actually two years prior to her dying because of certain disagreements we had. And also because what technically happened that is suicide related here is that she, she got very suicidal with me, oh, you know? Okay. So like her, her suicidal, like drive led me to want to kill myself right you know and right. that's i was like i was a i was in college i had to drop out of school because of this and i was in i was hospitalized and you know it was just a lot of different things that went on then and um i mean my mother just went into a very dark place mentally she was living alone you know she yeah. 
didn't have me around anymore. I was kind of her person in a way. At the she called yeah. me her person, like oh, you're my person. Like you're gonna come help with everything and like be my person when I'm older and kind of like have everything. I was also I was only a teenager. I was only like a young young person. I didn't really know about that that's, yet. That's a and, lot of responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, I was also trying to like get a life for myself, like within my school. My my program was I was studying I was studying journalism then actually. Oh, okay. Um, and I was I was I'm a writer. I mean, I I've always been a writer. I've just loved doing it, and um, I've I've I published articles before in in um back then, like back like ten years ago now. Um, and I just everything changed once I left that that university that I was at right. because of what so I, I overdosed like in my dorm room okay. and um I like I I I at the time I I was suicidal in that moment but then once I got once I was like in the hospital and I was like recovering from that situation I realized that my overdose was not totally suicidal in a way. Yeah. It was a way of like, you know, me getting away from my mother. <laughs> yeah. Well, you wanted the pain to yeah. end. Yeah. Because yeah. she was, she was causing me a lot of, um, a lot of triggering, you know, and right. prior right. to that year that prior to that, I had been diagnosed with, with, with bipolar disorder too. So I was adjusting to a new diagnosis and to medications and trying to get things like settled in my life so I could recover from that. But yeah. my mother was definitely triggering me in many ways where I couldn't even live with her at some point yeah. because she would come. She, she, I mean, she meant well, she loved me so much. She cared for me so much. Right. But her, her love was, was, um was too much for me. And yeah. And it was too much for her as well. She would, she would, you know, get very emotionally, you know, charged things towards me. But it, it was all out of care. I could see it out of care now. But back yeah. then, it was like very much like you don't get it, just yeah. stay away. You know, um, so that I overdosed. I was in the hospital, and then I, I left the hospital, and I couldn't return back to my campus where I was. Where I was, um, where I was going to school because of certain procedures in place that was when students um do this kind of activity, they aren't allowed back on campus. Yeah. You know, um, and for good reason. Like I needed to recover, and I was yeah. given a choice to come back the next semester, and I didn't go back. Um, mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm done with this this experience at college. You know. It wasn't just my mom causing me trouble. It was also just like me adjusting, figuring out like what I wanted out of my college experience also. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, trying to like juggle, you know, being on, I'm, I'm a dancer. So I was, I was on the ballroom dance team. Yeah. I was on the ballroom dance team. I was in this writing group. I was on the, on the newspaper. I was working. Okay. I was like doing a lot of things and, it was a lot of um, busyness and it kept me active too, you know, which was yeah. good. Um, but my mom was home. Well, I went to Stony Brook and she was home in Queens. 
which is like uh, a far, it's like a three yeah. hour train ride, yeah. you know? And we had distance, not enough distance. I, I wanted to go farther away initially for college, but I, I couldn't. Um, but she was like close, too close, you know? Um, and I yeah. could get home very easily. And, you know, if she needed me, I would just come home like yeah. any time of day, you know, kind of thing. So yeah. it was just like that. And um, I couldn't make a life for myself, you know, with right. her in it. And also like when I, we, when we stopped talking, I was in the hospital and I had to put her basically on a restricted guest list yeah. at the hospital because she, um, she would come there to yell at me pretty much, you know, and tell me how horrible I've made, I've made choices that are horrible and that I'm not helping her enough and that she needs me and why am I not helping her and I'm in the hospital, you know, and uh, like, you know, not yeah. really able to respond in, in a, I mean, I, what am I, I can do, I'm here, you know, I, you know, um, and she didn't see that the problem. You know, she didn't see what the problem was with me. And I, Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm a good, I'm a good um, masker usually, you know, I'm good yeah. at masking. So basically yeah. not like pretending like things are okay. And then falling apart, like, yeah. you know, in the in middle private. of in private. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I mean, also when I, when I have fallen down in the past, I make it very clear that I want people around me who I, who, who, who support me. And who are, who are my people, pretty much. And yeah. when we didn't talk anymore about me, I had friends and family that would have embraced me into their unit because my mother, during her life, had pushed people away, pretty much. And just her toxicity towards her family members had caused a lot of strain in the family. And everybody, when they, when they knew what I was going through, they empathized with me you know, right. and really like saw me as the person who needed to get More out of that situation, you know, because yeah. helping my mother was kind of a, they might have seen it as a lost cause at that point yeah. for some reason. I mean, she had a lot of things going on and wasn't very receptive to help also, you know. Well, also, Seth, 10 years ago, yeah. we weren't where we are now. Yeah. Mental health was still pretty taboo. You, it was. You, you didn't want to tell people. You didn't want to show people. Yeah. And, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of us out there that uh, want to fight our own battles. And, yeah. and it's obvious she loved you. But, you know, you with your diagnosis as a mom, it would be heartbreaking to yeah. know that there was something that my child couldn't deal with. But how you deal with that from from the perspective of the mom it can can be just as bad, yeah, as what you were going through. It, I could see it that way too. Yeah, I mean that's definitely valid that she didn't know how to deal with what I was going through. Yeah. She didn't know how to deal with it, you know. Um, and you know, she had lost her her husband, you know. Yeah very recently like for four, three or less than two three years prior to that lost mm -hmm. her husband mm -hmm. and you know also my grandfather her father died like two months after my dad died so uh -huh. she became a, a widow and a um orphan per se at the same in the same yeah. 
season yeah. pretty much and that like that caused her a lot of um stress in her life and you know i saw that as valid but also at the same time i was going through things that yeah. i couldn't tell her about you know well you lost your dad yeah. my and dad your grandfather. my grandfather yeah yeah i, I mean and yeah we do it's horrible but we tend to lash out at those that we love the most yeah we do that's so true i mean you know when you're i'm, a, I'm also an only child too so oh. i'm an only child and um so my, a lot of my parents were like my world at some point you know yeah. um and they still are my world in in my in my experience i, I yeah. still have them with yeah. me you know i i know that and yeah. um I feel them all the time and you know I sense that they're in my life presently you know pushing like leading me towards things that'll nourish me you know at the end of the day um and I have that mindset now that I developed over the past maybe like five or six years now just you know I guess all the stuff I went through back then led me towards like realizing what's important in in life is you know also me i'm important you yes. know i'm, I'm important yeah. i'm more i'm important I, I took my own self-worth to be important to me and that's what my healing process has been like i will i'm a good i like to say no a lot you know <laughs> i say no a lot and um you know i that's my one of my skills actually is I I can take I I know my limits pretty much and if if it's not something that I can see myself you know um, not I don't do a lot but I, I when I when I do I I do it for a purpose because I realize that you know I become I can become the person who becomes very overextended yeah. you know and like yeah. doing a lot of different things and like very busy and too busy to the point of like a burnout and, and just yeah. like bleh, just like plop down the floor, you know? Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I started meditating um, like around five years ago now. Yeah. And um, that practice like just showed me so much about, about myself and other people. And it just made me feel like I'm not alone. You know, yeah. really, yeah. it made me feel like I'm connected to this bigger world, you know, this bigger Absolutely. world out there. And that's important to healing, I think, is to realize that, like, you're whatever you've been through in life, there are other people out there who've been through similar things. Yeah. You know? And, you know, being only but a child, being somebody with mental illness, I often got in my head of like oh it's only me i'm the only one going through this you know yeah but but i have to stop you there because yeah. i think there's some, you really need to give yourself kudos because you've stepped up and become a leader yeah in your space yeah i have <laughs> with your yeah with your young adults and that that is huge i know because not everybody can as quickly especially take their trauma and turn it into something 
useful for others. Yeah. Understanding that you needed that community and, and then shaping the community. I think like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a healing process to do that for myself. And I just love meeting people who I can relate to. We we haven't all lost our parents to suicide. It's not only suicide, it's also right. like, you know, other things like, you know, some lost our parents to a lot of cancer, you know, car a lot accident. of heart attack, car accidents, um, yeah. you know, homicides, like other things yeah. too, you know. Yeah. So they're all they're all traumatic in their own ways, you know. Absolutely. Um, and but at the end of the day, like I just keep getting nourished every time that I meet somebody new, you know. I, I'm yeah. like, oh wow, a new person in our club, you know. Yeah. And yeah. you know, we're we're griefsters and you know, I, I call yeah. us that. Like that's what we are. Um yeah. I like, you know, I'm a badass griefster myself. That's what I like, that's yes, my you handle, are. you know. And um I own that and I'm not ashamed of it really. And in my yeah. life I I will talk about grief stuff openly with anybody who wants to talk about it pretty much. I I I, I don't you know, I I do gauge sometimes if it's if it's socially acceptable to do that in that in that moment, right? But if someone yeah. brings up something about something very, you know, that I could read as like a struggle for them around yeah. grief and around, around suicide or about mental illness, I pick up on that and I I will engage with that conversation. You know, I'm not yeah. scared of having that conversation in most settings, you know, I'll 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 do it, you know. Um and that takes courage. Yeah, I I feel like I have nothing. I have, I mean, I have nothing to lose about for doing that. You know, I, I mean, I have more to gain. I have so much, so much to gain for both people, for people in general, to be heard, and then yes. that being heard, being also being listened to. You know, being mm -hmm. like, and being responded to in a way of like loving kindness, pretty much, and yeah. with compassion, and not with like questions like. What do you like? I don't ask questions really. I just say that's valid. Yeah. And I accept you as you are and it's okay. And, you know, um, and I embrace people in, you know, who may feel sometimes like they don't belong anywhere, yeah. you know, and um, it's, you know, it's a, it's my, it's one of the things that I cherish most about, you know, leading this community is just being this vehicle of people, you know, finding that other people get it. And that like when, when we meet, we meet over Zoom, also we meet in person too. We meet in person yeah. around New York City. Um, Pre-pandemic, we were meeting in person. And during the pandemic, yeah. we were meeting over Zoom only. And now it's kind of a hybrid. Um, yeah. So over Zoom, over the past, during the pandemic, this group just grew exponentially, not because of COVID, because of COVID also losses, Amazing. but also because we were on Zoom finally, right? Yeah. So the group grew like um, geographically, meaning outside yeah. of New York City, meaning yeah. people could join from, from you know, anywhere, anywhere really. Yeah. And people have joined us from other from Canada, from the UK, from all over the country, you know, so it's just grown that way. Just, 
you know, but it's also a sad thing to know that because it means that there yeah. isn't services like this in their area. That, you know? That's true. And um, they aren't getting what they need out of their yeah. community and their neighborhood or their, or their area, whatever they are, you know. Yeah. I mean, people join us from all over the country and, you know, we, I mean, we offer what we do and um, the people come back and stay connected with us and you know not everyone stays connected some people some people kind of lose like i don't know what happens to them sometimes but um that's part of support groups is people sometimes don't come back yeah. and that's okay yeah. and but i i'm not i don't get angry at anybody in the group i'm like okay well you come back whenever you want to you know you're still in the club you came once i i i know you now we know you and once you're ready to come back, you can. Yeah. And, you know, I just have like an open heart with, in general, I'm ready to embrace like anybody in any situation. I'm not, I'm not like, like I'm a giver really in many ways, you know, yeah. and that hasn't always been how I've, how I've, wanted to be really i i always knew that i would give too much you know um but i think it was just the practice that i developed you know around really my me and myself learning about you know my healing process and what i needed you know and being in therapy you know and just you know working on me i learned that you know people are everything actually you know people yeah. are everything and this is something we say in buddhism too you know around sangha you know right so we call the uh -huh. sangha sangha like the the community of um spiritual friends pretty much okay. so in my tradition that's what we call it and it's just like that's what I choose to take with me everywhere I go in every setting is, is this like, we connect, we we're, we're all connect, we're all interconnected. Yeah. And we're all interdependent too, you know, yep. and without, you know, we need each other. You need me. I need you. Like the world needs us. Every being needs us too. You know, yeah. we're not just um, like, it's easy to get isolated, especially yeah. in our world. It's easy to feel like really alone yeah. and, you know, isolated from other people. And just yeah. because, you know, also COVID-19, but prior to that too, with, you know, yeah, I mean, everybody just using so much energy to be connected online, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that culture we've developed is is hurting us, you know, in many ways. I can I, see I that. can definitely yeah. I can definitely yeah. see that. But but when you kind of put people on, on a real way, like like what we're doing right yeah. now, like yeah. face to face, this is different from what I mean from like, you know, commenting behind on something the, yeah. behind yeah. the scenes stuff, you know, like messaging and commenting and all the like messaging is different too, but commenting and like all the threads and just you know, all the it's junk really. That anonymous, gets, really. Anonymous, really. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's not real connection. And I crave human connection, even though I am an introvert. 
I really yeah. believe that I am. And but I have an extroverted tendencies where I want to, you know, I, I'm I'm introverted in some ways, extroverted in other ways, as most people are. No one's either yeah. no one's either hardcore no. either way, you know. Um, but you know I've just chosen myself more in life to, you know, like not and I, I will say, you know, if someone asks me to do something last minute, I will probably say no. <laughs> you know, and um, you know, it's like I have a sense of urgency with certain things in my life, of course. Like mm -hmm. I, I know what's important. And mm -hmm. I have, you know, a certain things that are more important to me than others. And, yeah. you know, you put um, boundaries. people in general. Yeah, I put boundaries yeah, with a lot of things. Yeah, you put boundaries in place. That's yeah, a really good thing. Boundaries are healthy. You need boundaries oh, in absolutely. your life to, you know, move forward, really, and just move. Yeah. I don't, so I don't like the term moving on, you know. I don't like that no. term move on, you know. I always say, people in my group, I, I say that we, we learn like life pushes us forward without us even trying, you know, not that we are trying, but also life pushes us forward as we just grow, you know, and we can move, we, 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 we do move on in some ways, but our, our, you know, we've, we've been through a certain experience in life that was really difficult to cope with. And that kind of wound never, fully fully heals yeah. you know yeah. and it's, it's like yeah. you, you you take you take your physical scars with you throughout your life well the same with the emotional the same with i guess the experiences and the lessons that we learn we can't go forward in any meaningful way without the seeds of those lessons and those experiences being part of our makeup. Yeah, the seeds of our lessons. Yeah, exactly. Like th that's basically what I always say is that, you know, I'm also grateful in, in many ways for what I experienced in life because those seeds led me to where I am today in my life. And I'm grateful for what I have, you know, like not every, um, I still have goals to reach for, of course, you know, I'm, I'm still reaching for them and I'm still growing, but I'm, you know, I'm grateful for what I've, that I've made it this far, you know, because, yeah. you know, in 2011, 2012, I was not, I was just, you know, really ready to say, this is enough. You know, I'm, I'm done with this. And, you know, and my, you know, my, um, my suicide attempts didn't end with that, with my mom and me situation. I tried again two years later, you know, cause then she actually died, you know, yeah, she yeah. died and, you know, her death was a mystery for about a year and wow. because I didn't know how she died. Um, no one told me how she died and they were like protecting me. So I had, so I chose one day, I was in a support group um, in a different support group than I'm in now. Like I was in a support group for grief also, but somebody in the group in the group asked me, they were like, have you called the medical examiner's office? Oh. You know? Mm. And I did that, you know? I said, I'm 
I'm her son. Um, so, and I didn't have an updated death certificate either. I didn't have an updated death certificate. I just had a unknown kind of thing on there. Yeah. You know? So I wanted an updated document. So I got it, you know, and, um, they told me how she died and, you know, I phrase it as suicide in, in my experience, just, just, just yeah. to rationalize it, but it's, it was an overdose, you know? Yeah. And my mother used medication. She was a medicational overdose on something she was prescribed, you know, and um, that happens too. You know, people overdose oh, on yeah. antidepressants, you know, and yeah. um, she did that. And, you know, she would do this, but also when I was, when we were, when I, when I was close to her and we were living together and stuff and I was helping her and just coming over and stuff, she had a tendency to overdose too. You know, this was like a tendency that she did have in in yeah. her experience, and it wasn't a healthy one. It was one that kind of I didn't know what to do with, so I just like let her sleep mm-hmm. it off, kind of thing. And like, okay, mm-hmm. well, if you don't wake up in a in a in the morning, well, I it's just like you know, we had a, a, a I I had a system in place when I was like nineteen. Like, okay, well, if this happens, I will do this, but like she she would just go to sleep, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then I'd go to sleep myself. And then I would just be like, okay, well, I guess we'll see what's going to happen. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was always a gamble kind of thing, but, you know. That's a bit of a knife edge for you to have to yeah. live on as a 19 year old. Yeah. Yeah. My, my childhood was not um, pleasant idyllic. in many ways, just an idyllic, mm-hmm. you know, no, it wasn't. I, you know, my, my dad was dying most of my childhood, you know, he mm-hmm. was older by 27 years. I was, yeah, I was raised lot. by somebody who could have been my grandfather. I mean, my yeah. grandfather, like yeah. he was, my, it was, he was a grandfatherly age. We, we were, we were 62 years apart in age. Wow. So he had me at 62. When they, they had me, the wow. thing is when they had me, I was a miracle child to them. You know, Yeah. they were like so happy to have me and just, you know, I have, pictures and you know things that were written about the time and just you know it was such a blessing to have me that you know i didn't see it that way for a long time but then i looked back on it and i was like oh like my my parents really did want a child you know they wanted me you know and you know things happened in my mother's life that were not ideal you know she went through a lot of trauma in her childhood to an adult years too she was she had epilepsy actually and she had a brain tumor also so Mm -hmm. so she that's a lot her behavior her behavior was always around that too you know it was like triggered by that and you know her my family's had a lot of trauma about my mother's health situation yeah and also her behavior in general growing up was very um toxic towards many people because of just everything that she was going through and like highly medicated you know it was the 50s and 60s she was on every medication you know at one point and just trying to control these seizures she was having you know which finally were pretty much under control by the time she had me but also having me was like i was a high-risk pregnancy yeah you know um and my mother had to go off medication in order to be pregnant with me. 
you yeah. know, so all of this, all of this stuff they went through to have me, and I, I, I actually was born, you know, I, I could have not been born last minute. It yeah. was just like, you know, my birth story is also very traumatic for my family too, because I came out, I didn't cry. Ooh. I didn't cry at all. I was silent. They had to induce me to cry. They had to like Ooh. make sure I was, you know, breathing. And I was, I, I eventually cried, but I didn't cry right away. It took me like a few yeah. minutes and they were like, he's just silent. He just like came out quiet, you know? And um, it's a mystery why that happens still. But I mean, it happens. Some kids do come out that way. It does happen yeah. sometimes, you know? Um, but, you know, when they had me, like my mother, she um, she couldn't breastfeed me also. You know, and that's just something that I think when parents, when mothers do that for children, it's a, it's a very important um, part of the bonding yeah. experience. Yes. And I really think to some degree that um, a lot of parents who couldn't breastfeed or didn't breastfeed for many reasons, it may cause like some some discord yeah. in relationships, you know, yeah. moving on to adulthood. I, I know it's controversial and everything, but well, that's... It, it, yeah, because you talk about the 50s and 60s, it was frowned upon. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of has gone in and out of fashion over the decades. Yeah. So there, there's quite a few, I would think, that are that are in that in-between yeah. group where nobody bothered to show anyone. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like... Wait, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry, that's my roommate. Um, oh, she wanted some okay. help with something. I'm sorry. I, I just um, know that we're, we're recording right now. Um, that that's okay uh, we, we're getting ready to wrap up anyway yeah, so you'll be okay. able to go help her okay i i have to say seth yes. thank you so much for coming on the show with me and thank you for being so open i really appreciate that yeah thank uh, you for what i what i'd like to suggest is yes. that we uh in the liner notes for the podcast we give the links to your group and of course and yeah. any of the information that you need would be great of course thank you so much yeah we'll, we'll do that i I, I have you know my group link um and of course people can also join us on clubhouse too we are on clubhouse yep, also we have absolutely. a club the young adult parental yep. lost club it's on clubhouse and oh, um we have like we have meetup where we meet on Zoom and we meet in person and we have the clubhouse stuff also. Yeah. So um, okay, well we will be yeah. sure and have okay. all of those links there. Sure. So that you know if if you need to and and want to connect with Seth, you can. Once again, I thank you and I look forward to seeing you in Clubhouse and Instagram and elsewhere of as course. well. I'm Elaine Lindsay. My guest Seth Hoffman has been with us today. As I always say at the end of our show, please choose life. You know, even if it's just for today, I want you to say not today and keep reading. So I want you to try and make the very best of your today every day. Develop a gratitude attitude and it will help as well. That's us for today. Thank you so much for having me.
Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on your favorite service. Suicide Zen Forgiveness was brought to you by Truel Social Media, the digital integration specialists. Let them get you on page one in the search results.